0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to the online broadcast. I'm Carice Hendrick.
1: And I'm Brett Johnson.
0: And we're both anti-fraud experts.
1: But with very different sets of experiences.
0: I've been in the anti-fraud space for well over a decade, working with hundreds of the biggest online companies in the world to help them prevent payment fraud.
1: Prior to several years ago, I was a cyber criminal. I committed several different types of crimes online, ended up on the United States Most Wanted list, went to prison. And since that point, I've turned my life around and focused now on protecting people against the type of person that I used to be. We need to get this out to talk about the types of frauds and scams like coronaviruses uh, that's circulating around coronavirus. Now, of course, we're going to talk about more than just the frauds and scams. You know, I can't go a show these days without commenting on toilet paper. I can't.
0: Oh, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was about
0: 20 minutes worth of toilet paper talk last ep- That's last, right. That's last right. attempt. So maybe we can keep it to just
1: Yeah, I went I went to Sam's Club today and I bought two cases. So I'm good to oh go. My
0: goodness. Yes, I'm
1: good, I'm good to go. Um, you know, I'll tell you what what bugs me and I guess, you know, I guess that this is that time that I need to come out with that disclaimer again. The thoughts and opinions of one Brett S. Johnson are those solely of Brett S. Johnson and no other host, co host, or guest of the online broadcast.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, while I appreciate that, it makes me very nervous because uh, for anyone who well, knows, we don't rehearse this. So, <laughs> no, we, <laughs> I don't. Don't know what's, we don't. I don't know what's coming.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you my, my issue. All right. My, my issue is that it looks like we're we're, we stand a really good chance of doing what italy did and, and things just exploding with coronavirus stand a very good chance of that and i try not to say anything bad about our leaders in washington but
0: Washington,
1: D.C., not the state. Right, right. I have nothing against the great state of <laughs> Washington. I love Seattle. I love Mount Rainier. It's fantastic. Washington, D.C., though, ooh, boy. Ooh, boy. And I'll tell you my issue with that, Chris. And, and maybe I'm just singular in this. My issue with that is that, you know, I can understand that, that our president maybe didn't want to, to be completely honest because of fear of wrecking the economy. Well, that ship has sailed, you know, we're down 30%. And now the words depression are being bandied about in Reuters and everything else. So a recession is a lock. Depression is a maybe. We'll see what the hell's going on from there. But what gets me so bad is that only recently have we got to the point where President Trump and that side of the fence has started to be truthful and really talk about the seriousness of this, that this thing could extend into July, August, potentially longer. If you've, li- if you've read the, the leaked memo coming out of the UK, they're anticipating it lasting into 2021. So only now have they got to the point where they're talking about that. Only now has Fox News got to the point of saying, well, okay, it's not a Democrat conspiracy anymore. It looks like this shit's serious. So I've got problems with that. I've got problems with some of the Democrats out there that are using this as uh as a a basis to hammer the Republicans, I I think that this goes way past any type of political argument that we are all in the same boat together and that these idiots out there that are, that are talking, lying, spreading fake news, fear, uncertainty and doubt simply for political gain. I don't know of anything much worse than that on this planet.
0: Well, I mean, I really try hard to steer away from politics knowing that, you know, our listeners are, mostly tuning in to learn about fraud, but I will say that I agree with you on all points, especially around honesty. I think that that's something that, um, you know, when you're on the side of the fence of against cybercrime or any kind of crime, you should also inherently be against dishonesty. I get frustrated when vendors or other people within our industries, you know, say things that aren't true. So I totally get that and agree with that. I think that The one thing I would say more than anything is, you know, I've started to hear people say this is our generation's World War II. And what they mean by that is this is our generation to, or this is our chance to do something to help others. You know, if I can stay home to help save someone else's life, someone else's grandparents' life or whoever, I absolutely will. Um, Additionally, looking for ways that we can help our neighbors and our metaphorical neighbors as well, whether that's sending a fun text to a friend or, you know, sending a care package or whatever it is. I've thought of about 30 different ways that every day I'm going to do at least one of them because that helps my mindset. And I think that what I'm most concerned about is social distancing is depressing. Um, And also it, you know, we're so much better together and there's so many things, so many people that are in less fortunate circumstances than I am. And if, and how I can help them, I will. And I have, Um, in my own ways, whether that's donating to charities or people that I know, or just surprising someone with a little bit of cash in their mailbox. Um, just, you know, I, I, I just think that I would want to encourage people to focus about what can you do for other people just to either cheer them up or help them a little bit. I think that that's, you know, that's our, it's our chance to look outside of ourselves and not just see how it's impacting us. Um, But how it's impacting other people as well. And I think that that goes beyond, obviously beyond, you know, stopping fraud, but there is a component of that too. I mean, I've been feeling like there's more of a need for the good guys to come together now than ever before. And so I'm doing little things like Tomorrow I'm hosting, um, and this will obviously be (laughs) a week ago, uh, when you guys listen to it, but I'm hosting a call with over 30 retailers. um, Some of the biggest ones in the country to talk about um, some issues that are are impacting all of them, and I'll be doing a solo podcast on that um, soon. Um, and so, you know, doing that, I'm hoping to put together some virtual um, webinars of sorts of merchants providing information and educating each other. And I'll also be doing more opportunities for merchants to collaborate with each other. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm trying to exclude the vendors, but unfortunately, uh, you know, as they say, a bad app, one bad apple spoils the bunch, and Um, we just know, I know from experience that having merchant only calls allows them to be so much more open, knowing that nobody's taking notes saying, okay, I'm going to get back to them because now I know their problem and I'm going to tell them. So, um, but I have told every vendor that has asked me that, um, I will be writing an article and doing a podcast episode about what's talked about. It just won't be assigned to any specific company. So I think I would just, you know, I I share a lot of the same frustrations that you do, but I think that my message to everyone would just be try to focus on the good. Try to focus on what you can do. I've started, I was doing this before, but, um, I'm definitely doing it now. I, I write down, I spend about 15 minutes every morning before I get out of bed, writing down everything I'm grateful for. And I have to tell you as cheesy as it sounds. And as long as I resisted it, um, you know, cause I think I got the idea from Oprah, like everyone else did, but um, I have a few friends that's helped as well. It really has helped my depression, my outlook, everything. So if you're struggling with that, if you're working from home and have kids running around and just really struggling with the impact, I don't know. I know this isn't a personal development podcast, but nor is it political, uh, you know, but I would you say know what? it really, really helps a lot <laughs> more than I, I, you do. And I'm going to
1: tell you, you, you said, um, well, and, and I've read those same those same comments about this thing being our generation's test, our generation's World War II. Well, you know, here's the thing: it's not World War II, all right. But, but it is a chance for people to do the right thing, and we are not given those chances often. But this is a chance for people to do the right thing, and what I see is a lot of people that. Because we're in that society where we only care about ourselves, not each other, what I see is a lot of people going down to Florida for spring break. What I see is a lot of people hoarding toilet paper. What I see is a lot of people not practicing social distancing, but instead going out to bars and restaurants on St. Patrick's Day. That's oh. what I see, yeah. and, well, and but I see, would I urge
0: choose to see. The people who are, you know, cleaning out their cupboards and donating it to the food bank. Um, I went through my daughter's stuff and found ten things that she doesn't play with anymore that other kids could could find joy from to use <laughs> Marie Kondos. I'm sure. not doing I'm not con Marie Condoing my house. I'm just saying it would make the,
1: oh my gosh. I don't have
0: time. But you know, things that would be fun for kids to do activities while they're home. Cause there's no school in the state of Washington until at least the end of April. And I put them on our local buy nothing group. Um, I gave my, I mean, I know this statement comes from a very grateful place of privilege, but still a place of privilege that I gave our housekeeper a little bit of extra money today because, um, she has five kids that are home and, and they don't have a lot of resources. Like those are the things I choose to see. I've also seen moms in local facebook groups put together google spreadsheets of all the people in our neighborhood our pretty big neighborhood um who work in healthcare and need childcare. And then another set of all the people who are willing to take in an extra kid or two so that their parents can go help save lives at the hospital. I mean, that's what I'm choosing to see. I see those same other things, but I'm choosing to focus more on the good because it really impacts my mindset. And I I do struggle with anxiety and depression and I have to be extremely, extremely um, just intentional about the things that I choose to, you know, focus on we can see both sides. And I I guess, you know, I think too, like because I am working with several companies to prevent payment fraud or other types of fraud, I see the bad every day, like in my work, I don't want to see the bad every day when I turn on the news and really that's the only choice we have right now. So I think, you know, just, I think that choosing what we focus on and then also choosing what side we want to be on in this is, really important. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's extremely frustrating that um, people are not taking this seriously. It, it is unfortunate that, um, you know, a very prominent politician in the U S was saying for so long that it was a hoax or that it wasn't happening because he didn't want it's to okay. be you true. It's okay. You can say it was true None Trump. of us wanted it was. to be true. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I, here's the but thing. Here's the thing. You know, I, w- it, I
1: wanted pe- people to know I'm not a Trump hater, but it was Trump that was saying that. And it was Fox right. news that was following along and toting that line.
0: No, and, and I i mean, obviously, no know, that. I just try to <laughs> be a little bit more diplomatic, um, knowing that, you know, I, I've made the mistake of being political with some of um, some merchants before and realized, oh, gosh, like, sorry, I, I just assumed. Um, so I try to be pretty careful now. But um, I don't like when people are saying like that this is a political thing because it, it shouldn't be. But it, yeah. it was turned into that. And so but I mean... You know, we can we can blame, or we can make excuses, or we can just focus on what little we can do. Because if, I mean, I'm not Pollyanna, uh, not even a little bit. But if all of us do choose to do things to help others, I, I do think that it will at least help the experience, let alone just the mindset. And you know, it'll it'll have less damage and, and less impact. So
1: I agree. I agree. And, and all you know of that. Me, you know, I I agree. It's it's it should not be political for at least eight weeks we are going to our, our entertainment is going to take place at the house <laughs> kick you up know, your disney plus your hulu you might
0: you might want to exp- <laughs> yeah i mean i do think there is going to be a very large baby boom but i don't think that's what you're talking about <laughs> But that's um, no. how I took it. I was like, "Wow, you're well, okay." I mean, that's right. some entertainment okay.
1: too. All right, so.
0: <laughs> not that kind of podcast, but to your point,
1: yeah, it's one of these things where where we need th- this whole idea of social distancing, and and I, I don't really really like that term. I, I think it's a nifty little term that I just heard for the first time four days ago.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. I guess yeah. You're not in the state of Washington. I'm like, yeah. I'm no, not. I'm not uh, that been... politically correct. <laughs> Well, basically basically
1: too. I call social distancing to stay the hell away from me is what I call it. <laughs> well, and as uh, the, my husband the says non politically correct term.
0: Yeah. As my introverted husband <laughs> says, he's been practicing for social distancing his whole life. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you know, it's it's what what we have to consider are you take these youngsters and young adults that are going to spring break and partying their asses off. If they get it, sure, they they the chances of them surviving coronavirus extremely good. But when they take it home to their parents and then their parents take it to their grandparents,
0: mm-hmm.
1: at that point, the chances of those grandparents surviving is not very good
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it loves to hit senior citizens. Right. And that's the whole concept, you know, Max Brooks and Mel Brooks put out a video yesterday that talked about this social distancing and everyone should look that up on YouTube. It's, it's mm-hmm. outstanding. It really hits home about the importance of social distancing because while you may be young and it not affect you that bad, It does affect the elders in your circle, and that's what you have to watch out for. And I would please urge people to uh, to please go out there and be aware of your environment. Be aware of the the consequences of your decisions by saying, oh, I'm not going to let this thing beat me. Well, you don't have to let it beat you, but just be smart.
0: Right. And I think that, you know, to that point, I'm sure, you know, everyone listening has, has heard a lot of this before, if not, you know, a hundred times. So I think, you know, switching gears a little bit, but not too much. You, you mentioned it just a few minutes ago. This was something that wasn't planned, right? So companies haven't been able to, you know, beef up their infrastructure or nobody's been able to stock up on things. It's just kind of, we're, you know, it's a good test for everyone, companies, consumers, et cetera. Um, what I'm noticing in the merchant world is that those merchants with physical goods, um, you know, it depends on what those goods are, but uh, their sales are starting to slow down. Um, But the merchants and the online companies with digital goods, streaming, uh, online games, um, food delivery, all those things that we all are accustomed to all those creature comforts that, that, you know, help us, uh, help life be a little bit, life be a little bit more enjoyable um, they're getting hit really hard with just tons of legitimate traffic um, in addition to people nefarious intent right so and that could look like one of two things it could look like cyber criminals saying hey I'm gonna profit off this too I'm going to stock up on referral credits cyber criminals are also looking to take advantage of this as well um, whether to make money or just cause chaos but probably also definitely to make money because this has probably impacted their lifeline as well. So they're looking at stacking up, um, referral credits at, um, delivery food delivery sites. And they, they've done this anyways, but like, it's definitely happening a lot more. And then reselling those credits as like, you know, a hundred dollars to a online delivery service, Um, or looking like trying to be the middleman in an online food delivery service where, Hey, order from me. And it's half the price. Um, or they're doing uh, getting a, a, tons of new accounts for streaming services and trying to resell them. Um, Go doing online gaming currency and reselling that, so that's also impacting merchants a lot and I really my heart goes out to the people in online gaming and in food delivery and streaming and all the other services i'm sure that i'm forgetting um, email video conferencing, all of the things that we're all you know using to do our jobs and and keep in contact with people. I know you guys are just getting killed. And so, you know, definitely we're you know thinking of you. I, I know that um, Xbox Live has gone down twice in the last week um, just because of how much traffic there is. Um, that has nothing to do with fraud. I just want to make sure everyone knows that it wasn't a DDoS. It wasn't anything. It was just purely traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, other similar, you know, sites are really experiencing a lot of slowdowns or traffic as well. Um, I know that some of the deliveries that I've had from retailers have been delayed a day or two, um, just because there was such an influx of online ordering at the beginning of everything. Um, there's just, there's lots of different ways that companies are being impacted and also consumers. Um, so I want you to add anything on the company side and I can add a few as well, and then we can talk about consumers next.
1: Sure. So, you know, a company wise, it, it really depends on, actually, it doesn't depend. Every company right now is affected by coronavirus and the shutdown. Either you're affected your stock prices, or your business itself. Uh, Amazon just announced that they're stopping all non-essential deliveries so they can concentrate on the essential stuff that people are ordering. So everything across. Wait the a board. second!
0: I didn't hear that. Shoot! Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was gonna put
0: in an order today. <laughs> what do they consider essential?
1: <laughs> well, I think that the essential stuff would be hand sanitizer, Clorox wipes, Germex, laundry detergent, and toilet paper. The things they don't have, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, intention- <laughs> essential is very subjective. So that's it why it's like. It hmm. is are essential because it is what's what's
1: essential so yeah so they've they've announced that so you got to love that um business-wise I think you're you're hitting on a lot of points it's it's not only the 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 suspect fraud that's out there so so you know we're going to have an increase in online orders of fraudulent online orders and it's going to be mixed in with all these other people that are ordering online too because now you know, in, I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm sure that's already happened in Seattle, where you are. But the stores are closed.
0: Mm. Oh that's no, not they're yet.
1: closed. Okay, so here, here. Well, know, actually, store
0: store. I should wait. I should rephrase that. As of recently, uh, I think it was maybe yesterday. So restaurants are, and this may change by the time this goes out. But right, right. now in Washington, it's restaurants and bars are closed except for for delivery and drive-through okay. uh, or takeout. So. Um, like I went into Starbucks yesterday and there were no chairs. You couldn't get your own straw, your own lid, your own cream, anything like that. You had to, you know, ask them to do it, which is very smart. We were able to mobile order and pay. Um, my husband works for them. So we use his discount (laughs) and he orders it and I pick it up. It's a great win-win relationship there. Um, and then, um, we, uh, so that's on restaurants. So we're able to do takeout and delivery for now. Um, also as of recently, all retail stores have been closed, um, unless they serve food or have, or not serve food, but sell food or, um, have a pharmacy, I believe. Um, but I do think other stores, like they're considered essential or like, I was reading somewhere that Home Depot is considered essential because, you know, of home repairs, like what if your plumbing goes out or something like that? I don't know. So I haven't even been able to keep up on the news. And this kind of goes back to me selecting and being intentional. I'm choosing to only check the news twice a day. Um, otherwise okay. it'll suck me in or we'll <laughs> be able to do any work. And I have, I'm very lucky to have a full client load and I want to keep it that way. So <laughs> especially right now uh, being self-employed. So um, yeah, so I don't totally know, but I know that, so our retail stores are closed, but we do have our grocery stores are open, pharmacies. Okay. Yeah. So
1: Amazon's, the uh, the headline is, is Amazon tells suppliers it won't accept new shipments of non-essential items until April 5th. It goes on to say that Amazon will still deliver products purchased by consumers for any category that is in stock. It has asked sellers and retailers not to ship more non-essential items to its warehouses until Mm. at least April 5th. So we are concentrating on food deliveries and medical supplies, halting delivery of other consumer. But
0: that is. basically tells me that they're just halting receiving it, not sending it, but they're right. just not going to be restocking. So that right. means I do have to place my order today is what you're saying.
1: You better get it in.
0: <laughs> but I mean, I'm lucky enough to have same day delivery in Seattle when there's sure. not a pandemic. Um, But it's now turned into like two, three day, but I just keep yeah, saying just, it's first. You know, just don't problems. meet the delivery
1: driver outside. Let them drop it outside Then you <laughs> Out there and get it once oh well leave. yes that,
0: <laughs> yes that as well well I mean my dog alerts us whenever the delivery driver is here anyways but yes it's definitely keeping our you know our distance yeah. and, our and six you know feet. it's
1: yeah. th- this it's, whole idea you know we, we've got th- this this one specific broadcast we're doing now to talk about fraud with coronavirus is simply not big enough because you know we're, yeah. we're talking right now about merchants but the government is about to give
0: people money just free will well, money. So we're talking a about U.S. specific, by the way, because we right. have a lot of international listeners. So I want to make sure that, you know, we're at least. Well, they're going to give them free. money over there, too. Without Well, right. And they also have free health insurance. So that's awesome. As of today, actually, that we're recording it as of about an hour ago, the Treasury Secretary was out saying that they're looking at just sending every U.S. citizen, a uh, not a blank check, but a check for, I think, yeah, a thousand dollars. thousand bucks. Right.
1: Now, I read that. So I've got four people in the house here. That's $4,000 groovy. Of course, if I were the same person I used to be, you know, a decade ago, I would have 25 people in the house and I would have 12 houses and I would bank my retirement money right there. Because when you start receiving these checks, the government starts handing out checks in the time of fear and emergency. They're not really good about keeping track of how many checks are being sent out or to whom. So, a criminal can claim those checks pretty easily, pretty easily at that point, point. Um, and I expect we'll see that. You know, we've got well that going when on. the.
0: So actually, I have a question for you. So when the stimulus came out in like two thousand four or whatever, I think there was like a, I think during the George Bush administration, it was four or five. Right. Um. I think like it was like a five hundred dollars or something like that. Um. Were you create? Were you committing crime then, or were you in prison?
1: Uh, if if this was four or five, I was committing crime, but I wasn't worried about those low dollars. I was spending okay. 160k right. a week on tax fraud.
0: Right. I was just wondering, like how that yeah. worked, because I I guess I'm assuming that the government has a database or something no like that, no. and they're just sending it to everyone. Is this no. more like proactively? You'd have to go in and like. Request it because I I guess we don't know enough details. I would
1: imagine that I would imagine it'll be both. So I would imagine it may be something along the lines of Katrina as well. When I was Mm. uh, when Katrina hit, I was working for the United States Secret Service. Right. We received a memo in the offices saying, "Hey, we need you guys to be look on the lookout immediately for any fraud surrounding Katrina." Because what you had is you had people coming out of the woodwork. Claiming to be in New Orleans or Mississippi, mm. that was trying to get those. They were giving away a three thousand dollar debit card. All you, the only thing you had to do was get in line with an mm. ID, and they would give you a debit card that had three K on it. Wow. So there were a lot of fake IDs floating around at that point, being being pilfered through um, New Orleans and um, Mississippi. So what I reckon, because we are in a state of emergency. The government needs this money to get out because we are going to see, fin- we're going to see financial ruin across a lot of Americans' lives.
0: We already are. And I'm afraid a $1,000 isn't going to be enough. But again, like I want to make sure that, you know, we are talking about, you know, fraud that can be stopped, sure. I guess. You know, I mean, there's not right, much it, that we can it, all do. All of it can't be stopped, <laughs> right? right? I mean, we're
1: not going to stop all c fraud. We're not going to stop oh, all right. government fraud right. or anything
0: else. No, no, no. But uh, I mean, yeah, but Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I,
0: I'm just mostly. I'm sorry to be like gloom
1: this, and doom Brett today, but I mean, that's a fact.
0: Well, <laughs> your voice is low and it's gloom and doom too. So that's helpful. No, I just want to make sure that we're providing content that's helpful to our listeners. And sure. I'm just not sure if this is super helpful well, right see, now. I think it is.
1: And I'll tell you why I think it is. I think that, that a lot of consumers haven't haven't really considered the amount of fraud that goes along with government disbursements of emergency funds. mm and there is, there's a, there's right. a huge amount there at the same time. I mean, I, I'm going through this entire spectrum because we don't have much, much time to discuss that, but you've got criminals out there that, so, so let me ask you, what does a coronavirus test cost?
0: Oh gosh. I mean, I, I don't know because we haven't really had very many tests available right. in the U S so now, and some I'm people fortunate that my insurance, right? right?
1: But you can go to a private facility and get it tested. So what happens when one of these senior citizens out there receives a call from the CDC that says, hey, testing is now mandatory. It just came down from Washington. We need to have you tested. No, we don't want you to come in because this disease is horribly contagious. However, we found out that you've been in, in contact with someone who did test positive recently. Oh, we need you to test. We will send you this test. The test cost ninety nine ninety nine. We just need your credit card information.
0: Oh my gosh. Yep. That's, that's one yeah, oh Oh yeah. Yeah. And I know there's emails doing the same thing, uh-huh. you know, with links to malware or whatever right. else it is. Yeah, You get,
1: you get the email that says we're from the CDC, you know, we're, we're taking, we're, we're making sure that the census is correct, but also with the census, we're, we're cataloging the demographics of all the areas that are hit hard with coronavirus. We need you to fill out this form to let us know where you are, to let us know your contacts, make sure you're safe as well. And it asks for your personal information.
0: Hmm. Right, it's pretty right. effective too. Yeah, abs- absolutely, it is. Yeah, and you're not,
1: and and that's the thing. You're not going to stop that fraud,
0: right? You know, but. I mean, we can educate people and sure Sure. try. I mean, because you tell five people like it can, you know, but I know that we, I'm never going to think that we can completely eradicate all fraud just by talking about it for an hour a week on a podcast. That's not me, but I do think that it's important to at least be talking about them so that if you don't talk about them, then they're going to keep going rampant. You know, the other issues are obviously like with any kind of, um, any kind of tragedy, whether it's natural tragedy or. Uh, you know, mass shooting or all the things, they're obviously going to have the people coming out of the woodwork trying to collect money and, and asking for donations. So obviously please, please, please double, trickle, triple check the organizations that you're choosing to donate to. Um, there was a local Seattle charity that um, r- literally just popped up two weeks ago um, that I did donate to via GoFundMe, but I had like verified them to the T and also know somebody that knows the person that's in it.
1: Like I'm, I'm
0: kind of ridiculous about it. But. That,
1: see, I was about to say something before you said GoFundMe. I was like, I was about to say, and whatever you do, do not give any gofundme campaign
0: <laughs> well i've worked with the gofundme team on the fraud side i know that they do a good job at you know making sure i, I know that it's not not the best job but it's a very it's challenging not. thing to do i know but um and actually i the person who i used to know the, or i still know them but the person that was in charge of fraud there is no longer and so i don't know who's there now so i you know, certainly not trying to pick on anyone, but if, you know, with any of those platforms, it's really challenging, you know, when you're trying to help people. Um, I well, do know the huge challenge they have is that they don't have people that come back. You know, they don't sure. have returning customers because a lot of times people are only coming to donate to one thing. Right. And so they're very used to just seeing lots and lots of new people.
1: I, I agree. But GoFundMe is a, is a nice platform for laundering money. It's a nice platform for scamming people. Um, Certainly, there are some legitimate things on GoFundMe. I would say a majority of them are, are legitimate. But I would also caution people that if you're going to give to a charity, give to a charity that is verified that you know that you can track, that you can, right. that you can trust. Right. Yeah. Don't In give this one case, of these fly-by-night stories that pops up <laughs> there saying, oh, my <laughs> child has coronavirus and it's about oh, to die. Yeah. No. Right. No.
0: no, 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 no. This was an organization that was started by – Two women in Seattle who just wanted to help feed people, and it blew up really fast and went national. And um, now other areas are, you know, asking to be able to use their forms and stuff like that. So it was it was a very quickly formed charity, but it was one that I was able to very much verify. I um, so
1: how much are the women making from it? Do we know?
0: Uh oh, you mean how much are they pocketing? Yeah. You have no faith in humanity, I swear. I'm
1: just being. I'm just asking a simple question. I, I we, actually, we know that most of these charities that you know, let's be honest, most most charities, even the, even the big ones, oh. they pay their CEOs and everything a boatload right. of money. No,
0: abs- absolutely. I yeah, I know that, and I do look those up. You know, honestly, I feel like with these kinds of things, for me personally, I do the best I can to vet it, and then I just tell myself that, you know, what matters most is <laughs> my intentions. I also didn't give that much. I think it was like $50. So
1: I liked what you said. Trails. You have no faith in humanity. Well, sometimes you I don't. do, sometimes I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I get it. I, I really get it. I, anyone in this industry, I mean, I think we struggle with our own faith in humanity a few times in our lives if <laughs> or a few times a day um, when we're looking at stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's important for um, people to be aware and be cautious about the things that, you know, are, are coming into your email, the things I think another really big thing to talk about, I just at least lightly is everybody's working from home. Anyone, I mean, not everyone, not everyone can work from home and that's a whole other thing, but worldwide people are working from home. I mean, I've definitely given it some thought and I'm almost positive that lots of cyber criminals have too, That this is the best time to try to, you know, gain access to various companies' databases and all those things. I mean, it's really, really important not to click on any links. Like this morning I got an email into my work email from somebody who I worked with a couple of years ago. They referred somebody to me for my consultancy to help them. I'm still in their contact list, but we haven't talked in a long time and they worked for a merchant processor and the headline was like FYI credit information or something like that. And then it was an HTML email and it looked super shady. And so I you know, deleted it quickly and I messaged them on LinkedIn and was like, hey, I think your email may have been compromised. If it's not, why the hell are you sending me credit information for people? But no. <laughs> you know, at the same time, it's like, what's happening here? Um, so anyway, I think, you know, it's, we need to be super, super diligent about that right now. I think that's something that everyone needs to be concerned well, about.
1: Well, we do. And, and, you know, now we're finding out it's not like we didn't know before anyone. Anyway, well, a lot of people didn't know before, but the people who were somewhat aware understood that services like zoom and all these other services, and we're using zoom to record this today, yeah. but all these services, they're not secure. I'm sorry. They're not so you're, 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 you're conducting whatever type of company business that you're conducting using services that are not horribly secure to begin with. Um, a lot of people think that you can use the Tor browser and that'll work. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. Just, just stop that thought process already. Um, my advice is, is to make sure that you are as secure as possible. Make sure that no one else is visiting your little Zoom rooms, that you've mm-hmm. got the encrypted login or the, you know, the, the special pass. Uh, clicked on that so that you can log in immediately and and be secure like that. Um, be careful out there. It's it's more than anything, and you know, to me it, it boils down to the types of frauds and scams that we're going to see with this. It boils down to taking the time to verify, taking the time to uh, to make sure that those emails that you're getting, those phone calls that you're getting, those people who are trying to order. Um, certainly, if you're a merchant, you don't have a lot of time to to manually review a lot of stuff, but you need to be verifying as much as possible. Every single thing that's coming through.
0: Right. Absolutely. Like that's something that I, I mean, it's always true, but especially now I think, you know, it's super important um, for that. And then also, um, you know, there's just have a sense of caution when you're receiving emails, phone calls. I mean, we say that all the time, but like more than ever now. And I think that because so much anxiety is heightened and there's so many unknowns. It's very easy to, you know, get a phone call and, and think that it's true and not have that filter. Cause you're just, you know, on high alert. Additionally, it's companies being aware even down to like, Oh, I know. So I wanted to get back to you just for a little, a few minutes. So merchants, you know, I are, I obviously talked about, you know, anything that people can do from home or that makes things easier those guys are slammed and very busy. The other thing is, and this is something I'm concerned about, is an increase in what we call friendly fraud. Um, And that is consumers who uh, claim they didn't receive a package, who claim that their credit card was stolen when it wasn't. They're taking advantage of the chargeback system. Um, We've talked about it in the past. This is something that whenever there's a financial crisis, I mean, I was in uh, this line of work during the last recession. Um, And we definitely, that was when we actually saw this kind of activity even be created. That was when we all got in a room and we're like, what do we call this thing? Um, I prefer to call it first party fraud, but essentially it's just, you know, people who use their own credit card and then claim uh, contact their bank to get their money back through the banking system. A lot of consumers don't realize that The, if you made a purchase online, the entity that's actually paying you back is the merchant and that severely impacts business. I'm worried that as this goes on over time, that especially physical goods merchants with higher dollar value are going to see more of these things. People having buyer's remorse and instead of returning the items, they're just going to call their bank to get their money back. And that's something that's going to, I mean, it's a $22 billion problem a year. It's just gonna get worse.
1: I agree. Gosh, I, feel I mean, like we're I, Debbie Downers <laughs> today. Jeez, It's not Debbie Downer. We're just, you know, the problem is, is that we're in a time that that things are serious, and we've laughed some today. We've joked a bit, but shit's serious right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and uh, you know, it's uh, business. Business is hit. Every business is hit right now. The stock market is down roughly. 30% people are going to are their their retirement accounts are going nowhere except down. Uh, jobs are ending. Uh, people are, they're not able to pay their bills. 70% of all Americans have less than a thousand dollars in the bank. Oh my
0: so gosh. When, you,
1: when you're out of work for eight weeks, what the hell happens? Well, you start losing cars, homes, everything else after a while. So things are serious. And And when things are serious like this, not only do do cyber criminals coming out of, or criminals overall fraudsters come out of the woodwork to take advantage of that and to steal but also citizens upstanding honest people when faced with pressure they may be tempted to do something that they usually wouldn't do and that may be friendly fraud we know that friendly fraud a lot of the times the people they 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 place the order with the intent of committing friendly fraud to begin with. Sometimes it's not like that, but I would, I would caution people. I mean, don't go down that path of saying, well, I can get, a, get this free pair of Nike by saying it never showed up or I can get this new camera by saying it never showed up or that it was faulty or that the merchant just didn't advertise it properly. So I can get some concert tickets. Um, it's when you start going down that path, you, you cross a bridge that it's, it's hard to, um, it, it's hard to, um, to remain a good person at that point. I mean, it's, you think it's just that one, that one issue, but mm-hmm. it's not because when you do it once it becomes easier the next time. And then it continues on and on until it becomes a habit. And that habit over a, over a, a set amount of time becomes your behavior and that becomes who you are after a while. All mm-hmm. right. So I would, I would please caution people to, to really consider, engaging in friendly fraud. And for the cyber criminals and the fraudsters that are out there. And I know some of you guys listen to this show because you got this cyber criminal that used to be the, used to be the crook. <laughs> now is not the time. Now is not the time to take advantage of people. It's not. Now is the time that people need to pull together on stuff. You got more than enough time to try to take advantage of people later. <laughs> I don't want you to do it, but now, by God, is not the, certainly not the time to do that. We, right. we need to be pulling together and and assisting and making the world a better place right now, not a worse place.
0: Yeah, and I I really appreciate you saying that. You know, it's a it's a slippery slope. Um, I've definitely seen it uh, from you know, the data perspective of people who, you know, it might just be, oh, I'm going to see if this works. And then it's a continual pattern. And the card brands have put some things in place for people who are chronic chargeback people, you know, people, the consumers who file lots of chargebacks. But, um, I was working with, um, the card brands, uh, several years ago in a different, you know, in a professional capacity on something like this saying, Hey, there's just, there are people that are abusing the system. And, and why are you not, limiting their access to using their cards. Um, And so they did some data and they did put one of the card brands, at least put a cap on it. So that, you know, consumers who issue more than X number of chargebacks a year are no longer, you know, able to file any more chargebacks. They can use their card to make purchases, but they're just told, Nope, you can't do it. However, they took the, um, they they took the average. So in setting a limit, they took the average of how many chargebacks a consumer um, filed that you know most likely wasn't true fraud. And do you have any idea? You put me on the spot. So I'm gonna put you on the spot. You have any idea what that average was?
1: <laughs> you, you, a number or percent? <laughs>
0: number a number. So how many? Uh, let's see. How many chargebacks I- do they let you make? Per on per card. Oh, geez, so Carice, assuming you uh, have five tra- credit cards, you could do this last five year. Times.
1: I know that last year on my Wells, and I didn't do friendly fraud, but I was big on chargebacks. um Last year on my Wells, I probably did twenty-five or thirty chargebacks. Jeez,
0: but those were like things. I mean, those were just. I mean, they, they so. were
1: they were justified chargebacks.
0: <laughs> right, they right, were. right.
1: All right. They, they were,
0: um, Right. I want to just make sure before you had all these merchants like looking up their database to see if you found <laughs> it. Right, what on their the hell site. did you charge back? Yep. All right. Because <laughs> um, I, I know about some of the stories. So that well, like, like one of
1: stuff. them was uh, one of the chargebacks was a damn Iron Maiden concert. I bought the tickets and I won't tell the, the ticket provider I bought it off of, but I bought the ticket and gave an, an ass load of money for it. And I get there and it was literally behind a podium uh, this, this big concrete wall where you couldn't see the stage. And I had bought uh, the ticket that said that the the seat that I had picked had said clear access to the stage, everything Mm -hmm. else. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I called the ticket company and they were like, Oh no, we, we set it on site. And I was like, no, you didn't say it on site, Mm -hmm. but I got a cure for you. So (laughs) I contacted the bank, told them and did the charge back. And that's, that's typically what I do is if it's justified, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll contact the merchant first if I get flack on that, I'm calling the bank. We can go from there.
0: So the limit that one of the card brands, and granted, they're the only one I know of that's set a limit on chargebacks, uh number of chargebacks, is 45 a year.
1: 45. Good yes. lord.
0: Yes. Good and lord. that is not per merchant. That's across all CMP merchants, but still, that's a lot that's of a purchases, lot. especially if they're big dollar. I mean, it's really That's 45
1: so- Canon cameras.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: mm-hmm, dollars yeah, $1, $1,500 $1, a camera, that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, we still have a long way to go on that, but um, I, but, that, so that's why we can't, you know, merchants at least cannot re- um, rely on, any other entity to enforce it. They need to do it themselves. The one other thing I would say to consumers is um, there are merchants that are cracking down. So if you, if they can prove that you use your credit card and you sure. um, claim fraud, they have every right in the world to say we choose not to, you know, to basically deny service to you next time.
1: Right. So, so um, let me ask you I've this. heard
0: of people losing like their entire library of video games because they filed stupid chargebacks um, across, you know, video game companies. So yeah, Nintendo.
1: It, uh, Nintendo is extremely good about that. If you buy a, uh, a a game and then claim it was fraud, Nintendo locks you out of your entire library.
0: Yep. So, <laughs> so do they're, they're very good about that. So do the other platforms. I know PlayStation does it as well, um, and I believe Xbox does. So. I
1: was I was wanted to ask this because this, this is my opinion. So they've got a a limit of forty five chargebacks. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it make more sense? That instead of just doing a blanket forty five, that you're looking at the types of chargebacks that it hmm. is. If you so if you're if you're buying forty five MacBook Pros, you know, maybe uh, that should stop after eight of them. But the card,
0: there. but the card brand and the credit card company don't know what you actually purchase.
1: So they're not sharing the information. So you can't go that way.
0: That route. Well, right. Uh, well, they would love that information, and they are trying to push some technology solutions um, for the purpose of fraud prevention that would provide that data to them more clearly. Um, but that is, yeah, currently it's not something that they all have. So they, you know, for instance, if I were to make a purchase on Amazon for $200, they'd have no idea what the, right. what I purchased for $200. They just right. know that I spent $200. So, so once
1: again, we see the need of sharing information and what happens well, when you don't.
0: <laughs> yes. The caveat to that, however, is that in these cases, sharing that type of data with issuing banks and credit card companies, really they're probably going to use it more for evil than good. And evil in the sense, I mean, maybe evil isn't the right word. Evil isn't the right word before anyone sends me a mad email, but they will be (laughs) using it primarily for understanding their consumer spending habits so they can keep increasing their spending habits and providing them with deals for those things. It'll be less about fraud prevention. Um, So yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I am, I am probably one of the biggest proponents in fraud prevention for collaboration and sharing data, but that is one area where I'm like, let's make sure that we're you know sharing the data for the right reasons, um, and that it's not being you know sold to retailers and or you know marketers or anything else, unless your card truly was compromised and sure. like you can prove it. it there's various ways that you can prove it then those are not going to count against you but it's the ones that are done right, right. um you know for your own benefit but 45 is still a lot and that's, that's a, a lot of <laughs> online companies yeah and it, it it's frustrating I mean I was I, I put a lot of time and effort into you know trying to put meetings together with the biggest retailers in the world to, you know, really advocate for this. And then that was what came back. And we were like, what? But then they said, well, there were a lot of people that had over 200 per card. And I'm like, well, then... And you had to wait to create a formal limit to stop that. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. those credit card companies don't want to cancel their person's card because they still want the entrance and the money, et cetera. And well, there's sure. just not humans looking at it, right? So it's all data, and machine learning. So that's of the course. other piece.
1: And that shows the flaw again with some of the AI and ML stuff and everything else.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, once again, you know, we, st- I don't know. I don't, I hope that this episode was still helpful to people. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure it is, but I hope I got to so. tell you,
1: I got to tell you, the way I'm feeling about this episode, I honestly think it's one of the better episodes we've done. I really okay. do. <laughs> I mean, well, sure, we, you're Debbie Downer over there, and I'm gloom and doom, Bretty. But you know what? Every now and then that brings some sobriety to people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but the problem is, is there's that kind of sobriety on any channel you turn to right now. And I I think I was hoping that we would provide a little bit of shelter from that storm. But, well,
1: you know, maybe next week. (laughs) Oh,
0: boy. Well, let me ask Uh, you
1: this, because we are now running short on time. Everyone has heard my little thing for the day of just verify, verify, for God's sakes, verify what would you like to add on before we close? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Obviously have a little bit of skepticism, but also a little bit of, you know, skepticism with emails, with calls, with, you know, orders, etc. you know, depending on what side of the fence you're on, merchant or consumer, um, or, you know, service provider as well. Um, I think for me, it's just, it's been really important and it's, it's meant my sanity. The one day I didn't do it, I, Was the one day that I kind of had an anxiety freak out. Um, But really focusing on the good, I think we have to. Um, This is a marathon, it's not a sprint. I think we're all kind of coming to terms with that, that this is going to be a long time, you know, this is going to be a new reality for a little while. So Think of, you know, how you can help others, how you can reduce your impact on things, but also really what you can do to help not perpetrate fraud, whether you are a merchant or a vendor or a consumer, how can you stop it? Can you share some of these facts with, you know, people that you know, can you, because you know what, coronavirus isn't the only thing that impacts the elderly, cybercrime is too. And, you know, they're, the elderly are their number one targets in both of those. So um, maybe that should be an episode title, right? Like what do coronavirus and online fraud have in common Um, or something like that. But um, you know, I mean, I just, I think that, you know, we just all need to be watching out for each other and watching out for ourselves as well, whether that's with credit card fraud, whether that's with cyber crime in general, or whether that's just with making sure that we're not taking 46 rolls of toilet paper when there's somebody else with six kids who doesn't have any.
1: We got 135 rolls right now.
0: That's uh, that's a bit much.
1: <laughs> well, I just want people to know, got 135 rolls. My wife's got 700 rounds of ammunition. We ain't giving up no TP.
0: I was just gonna say, maybe you could be inspired by this and like drop a roll of toilet paper on each one of your neighbors' doorsteps with a little bow on it.
1: You know, actually, they know that uh, we. I've I've spoken with several neighbors, and they know that if they need anything at all, they just let me know. Uh,
0: I believe I'm that
1: well stocked. So, I, uh, I I believe that
0: because <laughs> I know that you're nicer than you try to let on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. That doesn't mean though, if somebody tries to break in the house, that they won't be planted in the front yard. They will. <laughs> I try to help out everyone that we can.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was you know. Yeah, I don't know. That was pretty <laughs> counterintuitive there. That statement. <laughs> well, we'll help people if we can. But if you show up at my house, no, I know what you mean. I'm just, I'm just giving a hard time. <laughs> I,
1: hey, I guess we better close it out, huh?
0: I yes, I think so. But I will say one question: If um, anyone really did feel like this was the be- one of the best episodes, or that you really liked this. Um, Please let me know because I'm probably going to be saying, hey, we need to get the train back on the tracks next week. But if you like to train off the tracks, like, let me know and, and we'll kind of see how that goes. I feel um, like
1: the little engine that could. I think I can. I think it chugga, chugga, chugga.
0: <laughs> well, I had actually a sales rep the other day for one of the vendors in the fraud space say something. And then he kind of lost his train of thought. And he goes, huh, my train of thought doesn't have a caboose. And I thought that was cute.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that happens a
0: lot to me as well. But, um, I mean, we had we actually had a listener reach out to me two weeks ago. I haven't told you about it yet because life has been crazy, but saying that they really enjoyed you reading some of the fraud news and wanted to hear us reading them, you know, with each other to hear the balanced stuff. Oh, hell um, yeah! I, yeah, I know. I thought you'd like that. So, I like that. I I like to call it the
1: cyber suck news report. Oh jeez, we'll be coming
0: up with a different name, but um, all the news
1: only a criminal would love.
0: That's a third podcast for you. Then (laughs) we're gonna keep we're gonna keep having Brett making podcasts so that we can keep this one on the
1: track. You know, you, you say that, but I'm actually considering launching a live streaming podcast next year. That's it for our episode today. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you've learned a lot. You know, we've got so many more topics to cover to help protect you and your company from fraud. So please subscribe to the online fraudcast to be alerted to when a new episode is out. And please tell your friends. Rate and review wherever you can to help others find out about us as well.
0: And we always love to hear from you what you love so far about the podcast, how we can improve, and what topics you want to hear us discuss. You can always find Online Frogcast on Facebook or find us individually on LinkedIn or also on our website, OnlineFrogcast.com. Until next time,
1: stay informed, stay vigilant, and stay secure.